You're about to listen to Tanya's take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race. Hey everyone, it's Tanya from Tanya's Take. Happy New Year! Before I jump into the episode today, I want to ask you to please rate, review, subscribe wherever you hear the podcast. And you can follow me at Tanya's Take on Instagram. So Happy New Year 2023. Hello. Some of my resolutions are to moisturize, walk my dog more. Wear more headscarves. As you see, I'm aiming low because I want to meet attainable goals. And uh, that's in the spirit of the conversation I had with the guest that I'm bringing on today. I have two more resolutions I want to share with you. Number one, I upped my reading goal for 2023 to 18. That's up from 15. And also, I have a goal to really shape the podcast into the best version of itself that it can be. And those two goals connect to the guest that I had a great conversation with. Tracy Thomas is the uh, producer and host of a podcast called The Stacks. It's a book podcast. And this is a Black woman who essentially owns and runs her own business. Our conversation today isn't strictly about books or podcasts. It's really about running a business. It's really about following your bliss and seeing the ways in which you can make it a bigger part of your life. You can possibly make it into your income. We talk about those things. We talk about setting small goals. We talk about work-life balance. It's a great conversation. And that's what one more goal, which is really on the podcast this year, among many other topics, one of the things I want to do on a regular basis is just have deep dive conversations with folks I think are interesting, fascinating, and inspiring. And that certainly is my guest today. So here's our conversation. I I do have a level of fangirl just in terms of like, I always get excited when I see your stuff and I just think you're cool. So, um, well, thank you. That's so nice. So before we jump into the nuts and bolts, do you mind just sharing a little bit? You know, I always like to hear from um, the individual themselves, the way they sort of, uh, talk about themselves for the listeners. Yeah. So I'm Tracy Thomas. Um, I'm the creator and the host of the stacks, which is a podcast about books. Uh, I'm a native Californian from the Bay area. I lived in New York for a while and now I live in Los Angeles. I am a wife and a mother. Um, I, write a column about books. And I now have a live show here in LA called one for the books, uh, that I do every other month for the next year with LAist and our local public radio station, KPCC. So that's sort of my full personal and public resume. (laughs) Look at you. Uh, and of course, one of the distinctions with your podcast, it is that, you know, black woman owned run, um, and, Part of what intrigues me um, around what you do is, you know, the idea of how you do it, how you coordinate this platform that you created for yourself uh, and whether you consider it your, is it, you consider it your job, your business, oh, yeah. um, it is, is it monetized? Would you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, it's definitely my job. Uh, it's a big job. It's so it's, it's, 
Uh, the show is black woman run and created because it's run by me, created by me. It's an independent podcast. So I'm not on a network. Um, I was on a network for a while, but I'm not anymore. And, um, it is something that I created because I wanted to talk about books and I didn't feel like people were talking about the books I wanted to be talking about in the way that I wanted to be talking about them, which is sort of like the sentence I always say, but it doesn't really explain how I want to be talking about books or which books, but, um, I want to be talking about books by black women and by marginalized people and also just books about pop culture and current events that aren't by black people and just talk about them because I'm a person and I deserve to be able to weigh in on what happened at Waco, Texas, just like all the white guys, you know? So yeah, there is a little bit of like, yes, I, I always am interested and curious in reading books by black folks and folks mother marginalized groups, but also not limiting myself to that because right. I'm interested in things that are not just created by black people. And I often find that black people are limited to only talking about black things, mm. which I, which I really despise. Um, I guess black things sort of in air quotes, because what is a black thing? I mean, there are definitely black things, but like They're everything is a black thing. Well, right. But like everything in America is a black thing in some well, way yes. or another, right. because there's a relationship to blackness that is like integral to America. So anyway, so that's sort of what I like to talk about all sorts of stuff. Um, and yes, it's a business. Yes, it is monetized. Um, and that is something that has like slowly built over time. I started mm -hmm. the show in 2018 and it was super not monetized and super not. I mean, it was always a business. When I started it, I opened a bank account. Like I was like, this is a business. I have a business credit card. This is a business. Um, but it wasn't until late 2019, early mid 2020 that it really like felt like I was able to make money with the show. And part of that is because the audience of the show grew a lot because white people discovered black people and racism in 2020. Right. And yes. then there was a lot of white guilt. And then there was a lot of white money that was sent my way. And, um, and you know, white journalists who wanted to feature me and white this and white that, that was like interested in talking about a black person. And I think, you know, people liked when they came to the show that there was this huge catalog of black people and people of color talking about their books and not talking about being killed by the police necessarily like it wasn't exactly of the moment but it had this huge catalog um which is just again because that's what I'm interested in like I didn't foresee so <laughs> many 2020. so many of the things you have said I want to dig into one thing I love that you said that you know before it was making money you approached it as a business, right? And, you know, for anyone out there who's thinking in terms of starting a business, I think sometimes people flip it, right? It's like, oh, an influx of money comes. Now let me scramble and figure out how to make it a business as opposed to let me sort of invest in me just by starting with something like opening up a bank account, right? Um, and then I just wanted to sort of, it, it, this idea of, yes, um, the discovery of racism in Black people in 2020 and the myriad of ways that that impacted Black content creators um, favorably and unfavorably. I'm glad to see that it brought you a larger audience. You know, when, when the podcast first started and it's sort of this kernel of an idea, um, how did it grow to a point where you are now able to directly interview the authors I was listening to you on um, 
uh, the conversation you had with um, the nerdette. And um, both of you were just sort of swapping back and forth, like how you now have access to these authors. Can you talk a little bit about how that progression happened or? Yeah, it's such a funny, it's such a funny, weird thing, publishing. Um, Basically, I started the show talking to people who I knew could talk about books. So my first guest was a friend of mine who was an English teacher because mm. I wasn't sure I actually knew how to talk about books when I started the show. So I was like, let me bring Dallas on. He'll be able to like lead us through this book club conversation, even if I am floundering. And then my next guest is my now sister-in-law, but was my brother's girlfriend at the time and one of my very best friends. And she's a a P- she was a PhD candidate. Now she's a professor. And I was like, she'll know how to talk about books. Right. And then I had a screenwriter and I had all these people that I knew friends of mine. And I went to theater right. school. So I knew some like, you know, celebrity actor people that I could be like, Hey, you have an audience. Will you come on and talk with me yeah. about books? My best friend from college kind of thing. Right. And then in summer 2018, I was on Instagram commenting on something and an author commented back to me and was like, Oh my God, I love your show. Would love to come on. I oh. was like, what? <laughs> like surprise. Okay. Yeah. Like when I first started the show, I said to my husband, I was like, it would be awesome if an author would come on this show. Like I legitimately was like, that would, that's like the dream that I would have an author on the show. And I like wrote out a whole list of dream guests anyways. And then, so Joe Piazza was that author. She came on, we did the show. It was great. And then I sort of, and then I learned how to like email with those people's publicists because they had to set everything up. And then I realized I could just email and ask for a book. And then if I asked for the book, I'd have the email for the person. And then I could say, do they want to come on the show? And then I had a relationship with the publicist um, and then I have a relationship. So is it, and at that point, did you have a following yet? And did you have to sort of um, include that information to make it enticing or? Yeah, I think yes and no. I think with books, um, publicists know that everything is very niche in the book world because I had the Instagram and had a really strong Instagram following, um, not as big as it is now, but like, you know, 10 K or so mm-hmm. that was sort of enough to be like, look, 10,000 people follow yes. me who love books. You know, your following having grown, but starting around 10 K and that that was a number enough to sort of give you opportunities and give you some access. So, you know, I just, I think that it's worth saying in the sense that, um, I think sometimes people talk themselves out of. Yes, um, I agree. They shouldn't do that. Right. Because you shouldn't do that. Like I was still doing the show when I had less than 10,000 followers and didn't ever have an author on. I also appreciate just the boldness of like, well, I could just email them and ask, you know, (laughs) I mean, in a way to sort of pat myself on the back and in a different sort of context where I was just like, I really enjoy her, find her interesting, would love to talk to her and emailed you. And, you know, you could have never seen it, ignored it or whatever, or said, yeah, sure. Well, and it, that that's one thing I want to um, talk to you about, because one of the things that I found so impressive <laughs> was your scheduler. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a tool. So yeah. So um, Tracy has basically, when I reached out on Instagram, she was like, yeah, here's the link schedule through this platform. And I was like, oh, that's so badass. She has a scheduler <laughs> like that. And, and so it sort of leads me um, you're giving me the impression that you really do do everything from booking guests, editing, curating your social media, all of that. No, not anymore. So when I started, (laughs) I did every single thing by myself. Yeah. Um, when I left, uh, podcast one and lady gang network, I hired an editor 
And then in the beginning of 2022, I hired an assistant. Um, but because I'm such a control freak and I started this by myself and I did everything by myself for so long, I still check everything that Lauren and Christian do. Uh, I haven't quite figured out how to let that go, but it's a goal for this year. Um, and then the scheduler I use because I, again, have had a lot of systems in place and I'm also like a very regimented person. And if it's not on my calendar, I don't know about it. And so once I was booking some guests on my show and they asked me to use a scheduler and I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing ever. It's called Acuity is the website. It's like, if you know Calendly, it's like the same thing, but I, that Acuity was great and I loved it. And, um, anything that takes work off my plate or Lauren's plate or Christian's plate, I'm all about. So if you wouldn't mind, and of course you can say no, um, can you get a little bit more explicit in terms of how you are able to monetize it? I know you have a Patreon. I know that you work with sponsors and, and, but how does that really work? If, if you would, yeah, I can, it's going to sound vague, even when I try to get specific, (laughs) because it's one of those things that is really vague. Um, so the different ways, different places I have revenue streams from, cause it's a lot of different revenue right. streams. Right. So like sometimes I do paid Instagram posts mm. or stories, but those are not consistent. I don't ever rely on those as like true income when they come to me. If I'm interested, if I want to support it, sometimes it's like for a specific book. Like I did one last year for invisible child by Andrea Elliott, which was one of my favorite books. So when they offered it to me, I was like, yes, would mm-hmm. love to be paid to talk about a book I love. Right. Um, sometimes it's like with a brand that is similar to my interest. So Scribd is an audiobook app. Mm-hmm. So I did something with them because I love audiobooks. Easy. Um, and that just comes to me. I don't, I don't have the as again by myself, I don't have like the bandwidth to really reach out for a lot of that stuff. So I just don't. And when it comes, it's great. And if it doesn't come, I'm okay without it. Yeah. Um, the Patreon is huge. The Patreon is like that is my consistent revenue. That's what I know is coming every month. So when I say that like I couldn't make the show without the Patreon, I truly mean that because I budget everything around the Patreon. That's amazing. Um, any, yeah. Anything that comes outside of the Patreon is like put back into the business, but I pay Lauren and Christian out of the Patreon. I pay for hosting. I pay like pay for hosting the podcast out of the Patreon. I pay for everything out of the Patreon, um, more or less. And then, um, what else is there? Oh, I write a monthly column. So I'm paid for that. Anytime I write something, I get paid for that. Um, I have affiliates. So like if you click right. my link to buy a book, I make a small amount of money from that. Um, mm-hmm. um, so again, not like a consistent revenue stream, yeah. but all of these not consistent ones sort of add up to be a way that I can pay myself. So I pay everyone else out of the Patreon, but I'm able to sort of pay myself out of the bonus stuff. That's wonderful. Uh, what are some of the other ways outside of now having a small staff Um things like the, um, what's it called? Acuity. Did I make that up? Acuity. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of the other ways that you manage your business? Organ- how do you keep organized? What is QuickBooks I uh, use? That's yeah. a tool that I use. Um, I have a lot of spreadsheets that I use. Like I said, Lauren and I have a spreadsheet and I also, here's my other tool just, yeah. just to keep it really a hundred percent real. I write a real to-do list with actual boxes that I check off next to everything. Oh. So I truly use every day. Real... You said 
Oh yeah. yeah. Every day. I just threw out one of these, a uh, yellow legal pad with an actual pen and actual paper. Um, depending on how busy my day is at the end of the day, I'll go through and set up my one for the next day. I add to it as I go. Um, if I'm out and about not near my paper, I'll put it in a note. Like I have a to-do note right. on my phone, right. but I like to see it in front of me. Cause I like to see like what I'm working through. Right. But that's a, that's a real serious tool. That's not an app. It's just, old school. Yeah. Right. So we'll use a, you know, a, a storytelling um, technique, which is to sort of do a little flashback it, to when you fell in love with books. Like, would mm. you have ever, have you always been that person who's loved books so much? So anybody who knew you would be like, well, of course she's, you know, got a podcast now, or when did, you know, when did you really sort of kick off your love of reading? So I always read um, I read as a kid. I liked books as a kid, big role doll kid, liked uh, Beatrice Potter before that, you know, was into books or whatever. Um, always read on vacation and that sort of stuff. And then when I went to college in New York, I would read on the subway all the time. Mm -hmm. So I always was reading, um, but not like how I read now, not like I was not, I never was reading a hundred books a year before I started this show. Right. Everybody, um, Tracy reached, I, I saw the Instagram where <laughs> literally, what was it? New Year's Eve that you were reading your 110th book. Yes. I, I, I had, a, I was at 109 and I was like, I just really want to be at 110. So I just like pushed through That's and hilarious. I did it. Um, so I always read, I don't know. I'm sure there's people in my life because of different parts of my life, I probably wasn't as big of a reader. When I first moved to LA, part of like the origin story of the podcast is that when I first moved to LA, I stopped reading because I was reading on the subway in New York mm. and in LA, you're not on the subway. And I hadn't really learned about audiobooks. And at the time you still had to like buy them like through iTunes right. and like, then you, and I didn't like, I was like, this seems like a weird waste of money to me. I didn't understand. And so I set a goal in 2016 to read 12 books in the year. And on December 29th or 30th or whatever, I finished my 12th book. I made my husband throw an actual parade for me. <laughs> no, but I, I literally was like, I, has anyone ever read so many books in their life? Like clap for me. Um, and then the next year I was like, I'm going to read 13 books. And then that year I just hit a stride. I ended it with 24. And one of my, for my former boss was like, you know, you should start a blog about books. And I was like, never, I hate writing. And then I. I was reading this book and I wanted to talk about it. And I went to listen to a podcast about it. Cause I was a very early adopter in podcasts. I started listening to podcasts in 2010, 11, which is like three or four years before serial, which is most people's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very early adopter. Um, so I went to find a podcast about this book. I couldn't find one that was like interesting. And I was like, Oh, I could a podcast about books. I love podcasts. I love books. Like that would be fun. And right. I, um, I have to say, I feel, um, sort of, um, I don't know. Uh, so this past year, I had a goal um, mm. to read 12 books and, and was excited for myself about it, but almost felt as if like, nobody will be impressed by this, right? So it's just, it's fun to hear you say that like not that long ago, that was a sort of reasonable number for you to start at. I've kicked it up to, wait, oh no, I'm sorry. It wasn't 12 books. It was 15. So I made, I did actually slightly over 15. And then this year I've bumped it up to 18 and I'm um, already sort of cooking with gas. So I'm sure it'll be much more it than that. Be. I also appreciate that you talk about audiobooks with the same level of um, value as physical books. And I say that they're the same. Thank you. Because there are the many, same. you know, there are 
folks out there who want to be judging folks who listen to audiobooks as if it's a less than experience, which, you know, right. my my work being around diversity, equity, and inclusion is totally ableist, you know, yeah. and uh, exclusionary. And um, I, I appreciate that, you know, you go between um, uh, either one and count the audiobooks the same that you count the physical books. Yes. And yeah, have you it's encountered information? That, that yes, bias? I get it all yeah. the time. I yeah. got, I was fighting with a stranger on Twitter last week <laughs> on New Year's Day. I was literally like, I'm fired this weekend. I was like, I am fighting with a stranger on Twitter over audiobooks. And you know what? This is the hill I will fucking die on. Right. And she was really like getting obsessed with this idea of the verb of like reading versus listening. And so sometimes what I say to people is like, I'm reading with my eyes and I'm reading with my ears. I, I think there's, I wish I had everything to send you the links for, but there is a study that came out that said, you know, people on average remember the same amount from a book that they read with their eyes as the, a book that they read with their ears. So there's no, it's not cheating. There's no right. different. You do 52 episodes a year. I've never missed an episode. For five this years. is, I know that you are the mother of young mm -hmm. twins mm -hmm. and I don't, you know, I, I remember there was a director in Chicago, uh, a, a woman, um, very busy, uh, always working. And she used to really get pissed when people would ask her, how does she balance it as a mom and an artist? I personally think it's a conversation worth having because it shouldn't be a secret and it should be transparent and we should swap secrets and share secrets. And I have, you know, a, a two kids and have been doing all sorts of um, work for years. So I've sort of found my rhythm, but I, I, I really wonder <laughs> how you're doing that. Um, how um, old are they? They just turned three. Oh my goodness. Yeah the mini stacks. Are, um, are they home with you while you're getting all this stuff done? So, okay. I'll walk you through it because yeah. it is, I, I want to say this as a, as a disclaimer slightly, I had children December, 2019, which means the pandemic did a lot of things to my life and my work life that were not planned nor were they the ways that I would choose to do it if I could do it again. Yeah. Um, because I know that when people hear like, oh, you never take a break, da, da, da. It sounds like I'm like, you should work all the time and you should be oh, a parent yeah. and do, I, I don't believe any of that. Right. Unfortunately, my husband is a physician. And so we were in a situation where I couldn't have oh, wow. help because he was going to the hospital every oh, day. My gosh. And because he's an OBGYN, you can't turn away a person with COVID who's in labor. You know, like where, where if you have to have a voluntary knee surgery and you get COVID, you don't go into that doctor. Wow. So we were in a situation where we had two small children. They were preemies. So they were very susceptible to anything. They were three months, not even when the pandemic started. And so I had to figure out a way to sort of balance it all without help. And so I don't recommend a lot of the things I'm getting ready to say. And I, I just want to be really clear that yeah. if you can have help, you should get help. There's yeah. nothing glamorous about it. Right. I have help now. Um, my kids go to school four days a week now. And then we have a nanny on the fifth day. Um, so I also, am, again, very regimented. So for me, taking a break is an instant way for me to never do something again. 
That's just part of my personality. Like I love a vacation, but I need to know an episode is coming out. Like I took the last 15 days of the year off mm-hmm. last year, like at the yeah. end of the year, but I still had episodes every week. I just banked them earlier. Right. And I was right. pregnant because I had twins and they were um, high risk. I knew that there was a chance I could go into labor early. So they were born in December. They were supposed to come in January and I stopped recording and had everything ready to go the second week of November. So I didn't work from November until February, but episodes came out. So like I, yeah. I'm, I took a break. I just, right. I just worked twice as hard before. Um, and, and then when they were little, I was taking care of them, but they babies nap a lot. People yeah. babies sleep a lot. People talk right. about how babies don't sleep, but turns out babies sleep like 18 hours a day. In the beginning. <laughs> They're like dogs. So, yeah. So like I was just reading when they were sleeping. Cause I wasn't actually working because I had taken the time off until, you know, so like I sort of just found these windows. Um, and then in the beginning of 2021, we hired a nanny three days a week. So then I would work just three days a week. Yeah. I would work a lot. And then I worked on the weekends and I would work at nights. And like when Mr. Sachs would come home, he would be with the boys. I would go read um, or work or whatever. And, you know, I brought on Lauren to help because it was getting to be too hard because the kids stopped, stopped napping as much. They still nap two hours a day, but they don't nap two hours a day, three times a day, which was that's six hours. That's like almost a work day. So I was able yeah. to get a lot done. Um, it's just like a lot of finding the pockets to get stuff done, but I don't know if that answers your question. No, it, it does. I think that I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. There can be the illusion of like, oh my gosh, this person never takes a break. And, um, I need to somehow do that too, but that's kind of what I mean in terms of like the just having transparent conversations, because of course that makes sense that, you know, if you're, um, what's the word stockpiling episodes, right. So that you can have 52 episodes a year. That doesn't mean that you're constantly in the process. Um, and it's a product that you're proud of. And so there's, it's a, a great thing to be able to offer it 52, um, weeks, you know, if again, it doesn't feel like it's depleting. It doesn't feel like it's like sacrificing other areas of your life. I mean, I did hear well, sometimes it does feel like that. Right. <laughs> like, it, right. I mean, it's also, it is a job, you know, like, yes, I still love reading and reading is still something that I enjoy doing. And I read things that aren't for the podcast all the time, but like, there's sometimes where I'm just like, I want to be, I want to be done with this book so bad. I just yeah. want to throw it in the trash can. I'm not obsessed with it. <laughs> it's frustrating. I don't like the writing and I still have to read it. And I would rather be like, going to the car museum with my kids or like doing this, but I have to sit here and like read the stupid book. So like, there's definitely some of that too. With people who read a lot, sort of um, what their method is. Um, are you able to read for long stretches, short bursts? Or- um, one of the things that I commit to is a minimum 10 pages a day. Um, some days I will get to nine pages and like fall asleep and then wake <laughs> up and be like, finish this page. Yeah, like yeah. again, cause I'm such a regimented person, right. but some days I will sit down and I'll read 150 pages. So for me setting, I, because, because I'm regimented, I like to hit my goals. So I always set goals that I firmly believe I can attain. Right. I do. I never set like those big reach goals that people, if I do, I never talk about them. Like though, if I'm setting a reach goal, it's true. Like 
one that I do talk about is like having Barack Obama on the podcast. Mm. Right. But like, that is not a goal that I'm working towards every day. Yeah. That's like sort of like something I'm manifesting. Yes. Right. But as far as like true goals for me, I always set like very attainable because I want to be able to check them off my checklist. Yep. Like that fills me. That keeps me going. Yes. So some of the, you know, along with having, you know, uh, a background in theater, which, um, yeah, but other things we have in common as well, are um, a love for reality television. <laughs> um, Specifically for me, The Bachelor, the Bachelor. and Love is Blind. Yes. I really like. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a Bravo person. I'm not a Bravo person either. Okay. I've never done The Housewives. I think that um, you're, you're talking about The Bachelor in the mix of also sort of like reading <laughs> books about, you know, from George Floyd to Waco. I just think it's such yeah. a wonderful, like full- um, I don't know, picture of like what we can be in the sense that like, we don't have to be any one thing. Um, yeah. Sometimes because we work a certain part of our brain, those things like, you know, the bachelor or whatever are exactly what we need to counter it. But wanted to sort of get a sense from you of what you, um, what does success look like to you? Are you in it? Do you have a path you're on? I don't know. That's such a hard question. Like if you asked me five years ago, what I'm doing now is like far beyond anything I could have imagined for myself or the show. Yeah. So like, yes, what I'm, I am successful yeah. in, in my five years ago, imagination for myself. Right. But now that I'm here, of course, I'm like striving for other things, but I have always had a healthy amount of like wonder and gratitude for this work oh. because I remember when I started it being like, only my mother will be listening. Mm -hmm. And so like, I definitely have like the fact that there's so many people who have joined the stacks pack on Patreon to support the show, who've like put money behind their personal money behind my work, yeah. not an advertiser, not a company, right. but like actual individual people like that to me is like very, very, I'm going to cry. That's very meaningful to me. Mm. Um, the fact that I've been able to speak to so many authors and, and actors and performers and, and journalists and athletes and whatever on the show who've like given me an hour or two of their time, like that's very meaningful. So to me, that does feel like success, yeah, right? Yeah. Like have like checking off the boxes that felt like they were never going to get checked off. Right. But is there, are there other things I want to do? And like, is there more that I think that I can do and I want to do yeah. in the, in the world of books and in the world of culture? Yes. Mm -hmm. And like, do I feel, do I feel like I should just stop here and like be happy? No, because I still have some goals. And because I think also a lot of the work that I do is like on behalf of myself as a black woman, but also so many people from different marginalized backgrounds and like lifting up their stories. There is a sense of urgency for me that like sometimes when I don't want to do it, I'm like, I didn't love the book, but like, it's an important book. Yeah. And like this person has an important story and like, we got to do it. Right. And so, so yes, I feel successful and yes, I feel like really like I've out kicked my coverage in a major way, mm -hmm. but I also feel like on the other side of that, like there's so much more that I could be doing and like, no, I don't think I'm going to be Oprah Winfrey. Right. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's the goal, but like, there's definitely, there's definitely things between Oprah and myself that I feel like I still could do and like want to do. That's uh very, I don't know. Exciting. Cause I do, I, I see what you're doing <laughs> and I think you know, in case anybody hasn't told you in a while, you're doing a good job. I, I admire what you're doing and um, just, you know, 
Thank you. That's very kind. I have a final question before I ask you what you want everybody to know about in terms of um, where they can find you. Um, Do people ever think that your name is Tracy Toms or that you are Tracy (laughs) Toms? All the time. So people know her from rent. She was on, she was on a show recent, a few years ago, falsettos on Broadway. And my college roommate and one of my best friends was also in the show. Okay. And he would like post and tag her. And I would literally be like, are you fucking replacing me with my name thief? (laughs) That is real close. What can, where can people find you? What do you have coming up? What do you want people to know? I have a show every Wednesday. It's called the stacks every Wednesday, every single Wednesday since 2018. Um, you can get it wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. The website is thestackspodcast.com. Instagram, that's at the stacks pod. I am on Twitter at, at the stacks pod underscore. Um, and if you're in the LA area, I have a live show every other month from now until September 2023. And the first one of this year is January 18th, which is next Wednesday. I don't know if this will be, will this be up by then? It, yes, it should be. Yes. I can't thank you enough for taking your time to, to talk to me and for taking the leap since you had no idea who I was. <laughs> no, thank you for asking me. I always tell people just ask. Yeah. If they say no, they say no. Yeah. But if they say yes, then you got an episode. That's awesome.